0: You're muted. You're muted, John. Yeah, thank you. I knew that. I just want to speak to so, <laughs> so with that being said, guys, welcome to the show. We're actually doing our Frenchie's Movie Muggle. I'm going to go on ahead and let Frenchie explain the rules and everything because it's going to be a little bit different sh- show than we normally do. But it's going to be all fun and games over here at Movie Lovers night.
1: Well, thank you very much for giving me the uh, opportunity. We kind of did an iteration back in like almost a year and a half ago now, uh, the first presence in your show, Uh, but I decided to do a full-fledged game because apparently I'm going to roll these days and why not? Um, And basically, I always wanted to be that movie mogul guy that gets pitch ideas and he makes multi-million dollar decisions. So I said to myself, hey, I can't be that. At least I'll, I'll sim it, right? So I chose my best buddies here, John, Charlie, Andrew, and Dagen to play along with me. Uh, <clears throat> and <clears throat> this is how it works. There's three rounds. I will pick the winner. And even, even if someone, like, uh, leads with two wins, I want to see who has at least one win. Uh, and they're going to have to pitch me uh, something I sent them beforehand, the casting, the storyline, and see which one tickles my fancy more. Alright, so without further ado, let's start with round one. Casting the next Spider-Man movie. This Spider-Man movie is called Morales, and they had to cast Miles Morales, Kingpin, Hobgoblin, also cast Mary Jane and Aunt May, and they have to pitch me a two-minute storyline description uh, to really see if it makes sense. It's good to cast, but at least has have to have the story for me to, to buy your product. Alright, so John. Let's start with you for your Morales casting. Who did you
0: pick? Okay, so I picked Caleb uh, McCollin from Stranger Things to be Miles Morales. Okay. So I I had a hard time trying to pick and decide on the age group that I wanted to be in. So I'm like, what did I see recently that has a young kid? So I'm like, you know what? Let's go in and go with Caleb. Then I got Hobgoblin played by Michael C. Hall from Dexter.
1: Oh, that is Ooh. interesting. Okay.
0: So then, of course, I got uh, Catherine McNorma that, uh, to play uh, Mary Jane. Who's that? She actually played in some small stuff and things like that. Mostly some indie stuff hmm. that I've actually recognized her from. Um, then I got Aunt May played by Meryl Streep. Wow. So. Wow.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 wait! Let that was the same you know? one as me.
2: <laughs> I did that
1: too. <laughs> yes. Are you serious? <laughs> wow. Uh, by the way, my my keyboard doesn't work for some odd reason. I was gonna write in the comments, but John, could you share screen? Um, at least if there's actors we don't know per per name, yeah, 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 see yeah. them uh, with the face. Yeah. All right. So I have to ask, why her for Aunt May? What, what what kind of Aunt May are you trying to bring here?
0: okay, here's the thing. I didn't want the old Aunt May, like she's going to bingo, sitting at home, not doing anything. <laughs> and then also, too, I'm like, I don't want to go with the over-sexual Aunt May or anything like that, or being sexualized Aunt May or anything like that. Mar- so Marissa Thome
1: like, is perfect. You're saying.
0: Yes, I do agree with you. But I want to do a little bit more classy. I wanted to do an Aunt May that we haven't seen before out of the box kind of thinking because who would actually think that Meryl Streep would actually sign on to play Aunt May? So uh,
1: Meryl Streep as Aunt May <clears throat> makes me feel like a cool Aunt May that has aged but is still connected with the young world.
0: Exactly. And also, too, I think that she would actually be great to give Miles some advice and stuff like that but I'm not going to pitch my plot line on that. But I do have a couple of side characters, though, too with it yeah, got, you're allowed to huh yeah I got Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin which is no okay. surprise and then I also oh, yeah. have Matt Murdock played by Charlie Cox
3: so Kingpin wasn't a side character John he was an actual main cast
0: well still in this one he's a side character because of the fact he's actually a villain you have your main cast who's actually at May you have your other stuff things like that but you know this is my universe though but in <laughs> style
1: all right, so uh, you done with your casting, John? Yep,
0: yep, I'm good. Charlie, you're
3: oh, I thought you said the
4: other two.
3: Okay. okay, um, I have my Miles Morales kind of, kind of adultish. So I have John David Washington as Miles. I think he'd be perfect for him. Um, I got uh, Kingpin because he's listed in the main cast as Vincent D'Onofrio because I don't think there's any can anybody else can play him. I have Tyronn Edgerton playing Hobgoblin. I think he's kind of young, but he's kind of that, and I think. He, he might have bring that. Um, they act because he's done action movies before, and he and he's and he's been great in it. So I figured he'd be great. I want Charlize Theron for Aunt May. Um, somebody that's um kind of old but yet she can st- like so she can still fight. And then I think in my, this story she's gonna have to fight in a sense. Um, I want Lauren, J- J- Jennifer Lawrence for Mary Jane. Um, Before you
1: go to Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, what that reminds me the the Aunt May with uh, Charlize Theron, it feels like the equivalent of a bit of a the Butler in the sense that, especially the the the, uh, the recent iterations of Alfred, he can kick ass, right? Mm-hmm. He's there to assist, he's there from the get go. That kind of Charlize Theron feels like that person that was in the chair helping Peter Parker, right? Doesn't feel like the Aunt, yeah. Aunt May that was not obscure of you know who he was,
3: yeah. So I wanted Aunt May, I don't want her to be old and like frail. I'm like, uh, and I and I kind of wanted her to be in the same. Like I think she's around the same age as Marissa Tomei, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit younger. But I figured Charlotte Theron was be in there because she's not going to stand in the sidelines. She wants to get in on the action because she's a badass. Um, um, I had Jennifer Lawrence as Mary Jane. Um, I my two side characters. I brought Peter Parker back in the the best Peter Parker. David McGuire, he's back mm-hmm. in this. Um, and then I think I have Gwen Stacy, too, and I have um, uh, Haley Steinfeld playing her. When's, I, oh, that's interesting. Why did you pick her? I don't know. I just remember, like, because like, I think my storyline is going to be similar to the ones in the, Into the Spider-Verse because uh, Haley Steinfeld voiced Spider-Gwen mm-hmm. in the uh, in that one. So I just figured just somebody, like, just, just some quick at the top of my head, I just had to pick it because... He's technically still alive. (laughs) Emma Stone (laughs) isn't. What about you, uh, Andrew?
2: Okay. So um, I did have some same casting as John. I both had uh, Dinofrio as Kingpin. I thought he did a great job uh, during uh, it was a daredevil and no reason why not reprise the role. And I also had Meryl Street as Aunt May. You know, I was originally thinking. Maybe towards Helen Mirren, but she's had too many action movies where she's kind of done that role. So I like Meryl Streep is kind of entering the uh, universe, and uh, so then I have uh, I went the obvious for Miles Morales, Donald Glover. Uh, He's always wanted to play Spider-Man, always wanted this role, and he definitely has the acting chops for it. Hobgoblin, I kind of. Went on a little play on the original Spider-Man and went Dave Franco.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. uh,
2: he fits the age, and I think he would do a good job with that as the uh, younger uh, version. And uh, then for Mary Jane, the love interest uh, for Miles, I went with uh, Janelle Monet. And
1: I, I wait. I think I know what it is, John. Bring out the, his pick. I'm curious.
2: Okay, Janelle Monae. Yeah, she's a singer slash actress. Uh, um, she's been in, I believe, Hidden Figures among... I think among uh, other forms.
0: Spell her name for me real quick and I'll pull it up.
2: J-A-N-E-L-L-E, I believe. And then I'd have to...
0: Yeah, I see her. her. Okay. Okay, I can definitely see why you picked her. She definitely has some sass to her. Let's see.
2: Oh, for sure. <laughs> Even on her music videos, on her acting roles, yeah, she def- definitely <laughs> is <really> going <laughs> to... And then while you're uh, pulling that up, um, Jameson, I just went for the real-life Jameson and uh, went with Joe Rogan. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> uh, we'll sign uh, Edgar Wright to direct.
3: Interesting. Well, I didn't know well, we on. needed a director for this. Well, <laughs> well not, we not didn't. So I just think,
2: so instead of an actor is one of my roles, wow. I threw
3: it a director. Gotcha. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, Degan.
4: Yeah, it's funny because you guys have a lot of the same names that I do on my list, um, and some of them are actually in different roles. I yeah. went strictly MCU here. I figured uh, I was going to go with sort of the introduction of Miles Morales and him getting his own movie in the context of what we've seen already in the MCU. And obviously, there's a whole bunch of multiverse stuff that we haven't get into yet. So you know, this pitch may may change. You know, potentially change later on down the line. But um, I. Also have Caleb McLaughlin as my Miles Morales, uh, same as John from Stranger Things. I have Donald Glover, but I have him as Prowler slash Aaron Davis, which is his character um, that he's shown up as already in the MCU. Um, I have Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, uh, also somebody that I'd like to see come back. I guess those Daredevil, the Marvel Netflix shows aren't really considered canon anymore, so I'd like to get have, have him get his actual Shot in the uh, in the MCU as that character, uh, and then obviously since we're keeping it MCU, I have Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I have Zendaya as MJ, and for Hobgoblin, I went with Bill Hader, uh, and this is a comic book version of Hobgoblin, not necessarily um, in Norman Osborn's son. This is the Roderick Kingsley version of yeah, the Hobgoblin one, right? from. Yeah, that's the one that I was kind of basing this off, sort of more from the comics. So that's what I have uh, so far. And I also threw in Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop uh, to show up. And she's sort of the love interest of Miles a little bit in the comics and somebody that could potentially recruit him to join the Young Avengers. So that's what I got so far.
1: Interesting. All right, John, give me that uh, two-minute pitch, like, okay. what creative uh, juices have you been
0: flowing? Okay, first of all, I wanted to say this. I did cast J. J. Jonah Jameson, and I got Ice Cube as jo- J. Jonah. Oh, nice. So I I decided to do something different because this is actually going to be a little bit different, Frenchie. This is actually going to be a time-traveling type of movie. Basically, this is the universe that's just set from Miles Morales. This is not going to be connected in with anything. This is like an Else World kind of thing. Pretty much after getting zapped by Kingpin with his coll- collider, uh, Miles finds himself going through other parallels. And also, he by then, he's actually being degenerated and everything else. And the next thing you know, he's on another Earth. But that Earth, everybody knows him as Miles Morales. It's just that he doesn't know everybody else and everything, basically. So he's
1: already popular.
0: Yeah, he's already popular. He already has a thing going on and everything. And so... They already know who Spider-Man is and stuff like that. Miles is Spider-Man, of course. Then, of course, Kingpin is actually hiring uh, Hobgoblin to go ahead and try and take out Spider-Man. And then also, too, Kingpin's also hiring J. Jonah Jameson to try and manipulate who Peter Parker is, trying to catch his identity. Also, too, trying to frame him for certain things that Peter didn't even do. And why Why is he trying to kill him? Uh, because of the fact that he, while he was actually doing a report for J. Jonah Jameson and everything, uh, this winds up happening. Miles winds up stopping uh, the Kingpin from the Yakuza with selling microchips mm. to the Yakuza. So, therefore... He, get this, Kingpin actually knew that there was actually a reporter on the scene, but he didn't know that it was actually Spider-Man himself, so he connected the fact that Miles worked for the Daily Bugle and everything, worked for J. Jonah. So, therefore, he winds up blackmailing J. Jonah and everything, mm. and therefore so. now J. Jonah has to go ahead and work for Kingpin and try and run that report on him.
1: Okay. And, and what's the relationship with uh, Aunt May? And, Aunt May... Uh, and...
0: Okay. Okay. But first off, let me just go on and talk about uh, Mary Jane for a minute, though, too, and then I'll get into Aunt May. Basically, he has to try and convince Mary Jane that he's actually from another Earth, and he's trying to go ahead and get back to the Earth that he is from. And then, of course, since he's already popular and everything, since they actually know who he is, Mary Jane's like, no – you're not actually from another earth. Something must have happened while you went to sleep or something. You're actually acting a little bit more wacko than when you normally are. You are not, you're not from another earth. You're from this earth. There's only one earth. How can there be more than one earth?
1: Yeah, okay. And then,
0: uh, so, anyways, then after that, he goes on ahead and tr- sees Aunt May and everything at her apartment. And he winds up trying to get advice from Aunt May and trying to convince him, we're trying to convince her that. He's actually from another earth trying to figure out what would Peter Parker do in that situation. She goes, who's Peter? Mm. So Peter's not even connected into this either. And okay. she and she doesn't even know. And she, she knows Miles, but she's like, why is the guy from Daily View, right. why is he even here?
1: Y- you got to wrap up. So, so the last like, 30 seconds, is there anything else you want to add in?
0: Uh, pretty much after that winds up happening, that's when, of course, the whole entire uh shit show happens basically what winds up happening is this you have kingpin that hired uh hobgoblin hobgoblin goes ahead and tries to take out miles and then you also have the daily bugle doing everything at uh, one same time
3: all right perfect charlie what's your pitch okay so mine i'm doing multiverse so in the in the one world miles morales is he's um he's adult but he and then he he witnessed kingpin killing his girlfriend Gwen Stacy. So sorry, <laughs> you're that. So Kingpin kisses. So so Miles Morales has been on a vengeful to that to take out Kingpin. While in while in another world, you have um, the Aunt May, Charlie There and Jennifer Lawrence and Peter Peter Parker are taking on Hobgoblin. And Hobgoblin chucks a um, chucks one of his bombs on this electrical grid or whatever. And then and then this is mixed in with Loki screwing up the timeline. So a spark in the multiverse hits that sucks in Hobgoblin, uh Peter Parker, Mary Jane, all into Miles Morales's world. So while Miles Morales is trying to take on Kingpin, King, and then uh, like, while, while he's like infiltrating Kingpin's lair, he notices P- Peter there and he goes, who are you? So, and then, the, and then eventually something happens where King, Kingpin's all pissed off. And he's like, all right, we got to team up like a uh, Hobgoblin Kingpin have to team up to take out uh the miles morales and peter and his team and charlie staring um actually has like i have her ever she has a fight scene with cane pin in this one I'm, I'm like i said it may get in the action so eventually it's the, t- the the two sides have to team up and take out the side no, again it's a multiverse thing again this is on the fly but
1: yeah uh, um i got a question then maybe like a possible 30 second answer for that one um how much screen time does Aunt May have? Are we talking like 10%,
3: 90%? I mean, she's in it is um so about the um about 70, maybe 70, it's between 70 and 90. Like so she's in it a 90%. lot longer. She's in it a lot longer than the old Aunt Mays, she's in it a lot longer than Marissa Tomei was. Like, she's she's a big part of this because she she sees Kingpin like beating up Peter, and she's like, Oh like she's like she ain't, she ain't, she ain't, she ain't going to let that happen. So she tries to fight Kingpin. Does it work out? I don't know. But I think she, she's in it a lot. So she's a she's a pivotal part of the story because I don't want her to be on the sidelines because that's not who Charlie Theron's character really is.
1: All right. And you, Andrew, what's your pitch?
3: Okay. So my pitch
2: is more that Morales is more just your typical Spider-Man movie, except it's Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker. This way you get over the whole controversy of, oh, you can't have a black Peter Parker. You know what? Oh, it's just a different character named Alice Morales. So now we're good on that. end. So, uh, but they're older. So we're going to take kind of some of what was the plot of the first video game where, uh, Dave Franco, AKA Hobgoblin has a terminal illness and goes away, but he, uh, Morales is just told that he's studying abroad, but he's actually going to gain powers. And while he's being cured of his illness, he does so by getting um, getting financed by Kingfin. And so that's why Kingfin has like his thumb, basically, on the hobgoblin of, you know, you owe me all this money, so you must do my bidding.
1: <laughs>
2: and so in this instance, it's actually... Spider-Man that is having really wants to know who Hobgoblin is and really is annoyed that he's like taking away the reputation of uh, New York city as well as his reputation because he can't catch him. And so he's really going hard for Hobgoblin instead of Hobgoblin really wanting to kill Spider-Man. He's just really trying to, he has a personal uh, grudge against Hobgoblin and can't deal with, and we will have to later deal with the fact that it is his old friend. Uh, Now,
1: Andrew, Andrew, if you could compare the style of the movie in your head to a current movie already existing, uh, what vibe would you give it? Uh,
2: I guess more in the uh, early vibe. It's definitely on the more fun side um, than on the Daredevil side. So it's on the lighter end, I'd say, but still, you know, action packed, you know. Uh, so, kind of the
4: original Raimi Spider-Man vibe. Okay.
1: And uh, what about you, Dagan?
4: Yeah. So <clears throat> I was debating in my head whether or not I was going to go here with this pitch, but I, I think I think I'm going to do this. So this movie could very well take place ten years or twenty years or even a lot further on down the line than where we are right now in the MCU. But basically, what happens is so. Miles Morales gets the powers from the spider uh, that his uncle is experimenting on, trying to recreate the, uh, um, was it called the like the formula that created Spider-Man. So, it, as he's staying with his his uncle, uh, shit hits the fan, and he witnesses. After he gets his powers, he witnesses the death of Peter Parker at the hands of Hobgoblin. And Kingpin, so you have a very massive moment that happens where uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man uh, bites the dust here, and um, so you have Mary Jane and um, Z- uh, you know uh, Zendaya and uh, Mercy Tomei as Aunt May, and so there's this very emotional funeral scene where they basically have to be like pass the torch on to Miles Morales as the next Spider-Man. And be like, okay, it's up to you now, kid. You know that this is this is on you. Meanwhile, he's dealing with that and feeling like he could have done more in that moment where Spider-Man is killed. The first Spider-Man is killed, and so he's he then investigates sort of um, what's going on with this sort of crime scene in New York, and also finds out that his uncle, that he's been staying with this entire time, is also directly involved with the death of spider-man oh, and that yeah. that is of course I have a um, the prowler yeah so
1: I, as a movie movie head i have to think i'm gonna get a lot of critique if i just solely what you uh, what you explain to me uh sounds like uh, spider-verse right uh just yeah, on the live, live screen so what are gonna dif- what is gonna differentiate the story from what we already have in animation form
4: yeah, I think the biggest difference is that this is since we already had all the multiverse stuff happen with Loki and with Spider Man No Way Home and everything there. Uh, this is not going to deal with the multiverse. This is going to be very much grounded in one universe, in uh, Miles' universe, and sort of uh, it's definitely more grounded and grittier in terms of the crime scene that's been that's going on. that's starting to take over New York uh, with the Kingpin and with the Hobgoblin. And so it's much more focused on that, and sort of his, uh, how do I avenge the death of of um, Peter Parker, uh, with with the help of also uh, Kate Bishop as well can can kind of show up here, and you, even if she's a little older, it's you know it's fine, she's still young enough that it it doesn't it's not going to be that big of an age gap if you do sort sort of sort of, sort of uh, romance angle there, you know even if it is ten years in the future. So um, I right. I would say yeah, because I think. I would envision miles morales to be in his like early to mid-20s here in this movie
1: all right so uh for me right now i have between two people uh, i'm gonna ask you questions or those two people that's pretty much going to determine um the, the the role uh who's gonna win sorry so charlie uh same question from asg if there's a move you can pick there it uh, doesn't have to be spider-man it's like joker or Scorsese, right? So, if there's a movie you can influence from to to, to kind of play with your vision, which movie
3: would that be? Hmm. I think in terms of like I mean, it might be a mix of two. Like a little bit Tarantino in a sense, because there's there's gonna be it. This is not your typical Spider-Man movie. This is gonna be kind of an adult one. So, in terms of the brutal death of Haley Steinfeld, like Kingpin brutally murders Gwen in front of King, uh, in front of Miles. So a little bit Tarantino, and then a, maybe a little bit um, ma- mainly maybe about tar- in terms of the violence, Tarantino. But in terms of a uh, superhero movie, James Gunn. Between t- those two, in a sense. All right, and uh, Andrew,
1: for you, could you describe me uh, a bit of <clears throat> what Act Three would look like?
2: What Act Three would look like? Um. Yeah. So. Uh, by act three miles morales would find out that the hobgoblin is his friend and then he would have to d- There would be his debate of whether it would be almost like uh fast and furious having to okay. determine if you'd let him go uh okay. after determining his
1: identity <clears throat> all right uh all right so for me uh my winner for round one is charlie um And the one of the winning points for me was Mary, uh, not Mary James, Aunt May, Charlize Theron, seventy percent of the movie. (laughs) I love that idea that there is rumors back in the day of a badass Aunt May, right? They're gonna maybe do a movie. I actually didn't find that was a stupid idea. If you can do it with Alfred, there's a way you can do it with uh, with Aunt May, and with Charlize Theron not as her own movie, but can really add a supporting role to and change a bit how we see Aunt May. It's something i'm in for but then the movie you used and for me i see the clear vision that's the one i'm buying for this round all right uh so congratulations you're up a point hey you're, you're good at my game charlie are you gonna win it again
3: i don't know i don't know we'll see how my next few two my next two do i mean if you think this one's outrageous wait till my die hard one oh god all <laughs> right
1: so round two they must create a cast for Tarantino's last movie in his career. It's one and done. That's it. He's not coming back. He um, Now, he they have free reign on genre, cast, and the number of characters are open. They just have to do the, the most outrageous, awesome, final goodbye to and Tarantino, and they have to sell it to me. So let's go counterclockwise, and let's start with Pagan.
4: All right. So... This one's been rumored as one of his potential final movies, and I'll be very interested to see if anybody else has also pitched this movie. It's Kill Bill Volume 3, and it is the final part of the, we'll call it The Bride Trilogy. However, this time, the cast is led by none other than Uma Thurman's real-life daughter herself, Maya Hawke, as BB or Beatrix Kiddo Jr., whatever you want to call her. Wow, we also have Uma Thurman returning uh, and in a much reduced, smaller role as sort of the mentor to her daughter. And we also have uh, Christoph Waltz as like sort of the new Bill, if you would. He's sort of leading this, um, similar to what we had with the first two movies, this very elite group of assassins. Um, also, Margot Robbie. In there, we've seen how great she was in um, uh, "Once Upon a Time in America," uh, or sorry, "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." And uh, Brad Pitt is another one of the assassins. So you have an elite uh, lineup of actors. Uh, throw our our buddy Sam Levine in there as well. Uh, another like sort of really old grizzled uh, sort of assassin that you could put in there. Um, we said Donald Glover earlier, no relation. Danny Glover, I think, would be somebody that, that would be really interesting to work with Tarantino. Dagan, right. uh, uh, Yes. Right,
1: right before, could you remind me who plays uh, the daughter?
4: In the original movies? No, in your, your version. Maya Hawk. Could
1: you pull that out? Because I, I'm trying to think of who she is, but I can't have a picture.
3: She was in Stranger Things. She played Stranger the, Things uh, season three, I think.
4: Yep, she's briefly in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's uh, it's um, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's real life daughter.
1: Nah, it doesn't tell me anything.
4: Um, and then the other interesting, the other interesting casting that I'll throw in there as well, which you can pull up there, John, uh, when you get the chance, is Amanda Stenberg, uh, an, an up and coming actress. She is going to be playing Nikki, who is the daughter of um, Vivica A. Fox's character that gets killed off at the beginning of part two. So you have a revenge angle over there. And I also envision her as part of New Bill's sort of group of assassins. She might be the first one to come after Beatrix Kiddo. So I envision this as as very much a, yep, so that would be Vivica A. Fox's daughter. Um, beautiful huh. actress and then Maya Hawke who hey. has been in yeah Stranger Things and um yeah if you just type in if you just put Maya Hawke in there it should be one of the the first to, yeah, to come okay. up yeah, oh, yeah so yeah, yeah. Oh, I like her okay yeah yeah so huh. she definitely looks a lot like Uma Thurman and um yeah and then that would be the actor so i envisioned some big showdown between Nikki and Uh, BB here in this film.
1: All right, so I'll get back to you. I'll ask you a question as well, but before that, let's go to Andrew. What's your pitch?
4: Okay, my pitch is
2: that Tarantino has... likes to do a bunch of different genres. And the one genre I think he really hasn't touched is the mafia genre. So I'm gonna do a version... or he's gonna do a version of Scarface where Al Capone wins. So... It's basically going to be his version of the Al Capone story, except Al Capone's not going to go down for tax evasion because it's Tarantino and he likes to mess with reality. So um, for Al Capone, uh, you'll have to look this guy up. Um, I'll go with Enrico Colatoni, who's the uh, guy from Just Shoot Me. Uh, Let me uh, see if I can...
4: You might need to put that name in the uh, private chat, Terry. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's why. But basically, he—he he was. Uh, I mostly think of him as the bad guy in *Person of Interest*,s or one of the bad guys in *Person of Interests. Oh, Interest. okay. Uh,
1: I haven't seen that one. Uh, uh,
2: but there will be many, many of his old favorites in this movie, from Harvey Keitel, Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman, Christoph Waltz. But they'll all be playing. Uh, side characters to al capone and this will be basically an al capone story uh similar to scarface or goodfellas or that kind of thing oh
1: yeah yeah oh, okay, oh, interesting yeah. Interesting. Yep. interesting. okay all right uh did you add anything else to add
2: uh no it's just about it, you know, just, you know, take history, make it not history, but then still make it a genre film is the concept.
1: <laughs> okay, so yeah. All right, cool. What about you, Charlie?
3: I was leaning towards the Kill Bill 3 route. However, this is something I personally want. Tarantino's has never done a comic book movie. I want him to do Blade because I know I think the new Blade's not going to be good. I want him to do Blade. This is what I got. I got John David Washington plays a new Blade. I got Denzel's Whistler, father-son. I got the actual Blade showing up. So when, when I tell my story, it'll kind of make sense why there's two Blades in it. So Blade's the original, and let's just, let's just say John David Washington's the son of, what, uh, of Snipes' character. I got Loki involved with this. Um, Tom Hiddleston, Loki, Mobius. Um, or Morbius, uh, Jared Leto from the new one coming out. Um, and I got Deacon Frost in, it and I got Leo playing Deacon Frost. Um, so I'll, I'll get into my story, but those are all the, the main people. I just want Tarantino to do Blade because I think he hasn't done vampires, he hasn't done horror, and I think he might do he might do a really good job of Blade because I got no hope for the new one coming out.
1: <laughs> all right, uh, and you, John.
3: Well, I decided to do an original
0: piece, if that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I decided to uh, go with a Tarantino kind of flavor type of thing of his old style way of doing things. I call it Gypsy.
4: Okay. And basically,
0: you got Sama Hayek as Gypsy. You have Antonio Menderis. He's just a – I just call him Mariachi, which, you know, typical thing. Um, then, of course, I got Alex um, Alexa Wolf. Play Margaret by Robert Mar- Robbie, who is happens to be an assassin. Then I also have another uh person, though, too, named Misty Misty Joe, played by Emma Stone, which is actually the sister of Alexa Wolf, who's actually like a stepsister. Um, then I also have Patch, played by Bradley Cooper, and then I also have another character played by brad pitt called dutch and then i also have a priest that's in this movie played by brother uh brother lomas
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: it's, So yeah, okay why not
1: why not so that's what i got all right so uh before we go into storyline there's one very very important uh question i have for charlie uh because even before hearing the story i'm kind of turned off so uh-huh. uh to, 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 um, to maybe regain a bit my uh, my interest into your thing, uh, could you explain me how something so detached from usually the, the Tarantino style, what Tarantino-isms would you bring to a Blade? Because for me, they don't mesh.
3: Mainly um, the violence, because that's what Tarantino's at. So this movie, like I said, this is going to be a hard R movie. Cause I'm pretty sure the PD, it's going to be a PG 13 blade. It's more, it's, it's the violence. It's really the Tarantino esque And then he's, I mean, the dialogue's going to be really good. Cause you got really good actors in this and he's worked with Leo before. So I think he's going to be able to get the best out of Leo in this one as Deacon Frost. Um, sure. I, now- I, mean, it's the violence, but sure. I, I think I'll be able to sell you on my story. Why, what, what really goes on.
1: Another question for you. Um, and be realistic, like or not, it's studio movies usually yeah. uh, that control those kind of decisions. And for me, I need to know, uh, are we talking, what, 80% uh, CGI, 20% practical, 50-50? What is the route you're going for?
3: Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm thinking maybe it's at least balanced. Not not a lot 50-50. of CGI, um, but like that, I mean – I mean, I think Tarantino would be able to get it. He's going to work with Robert Rodriguez to get some input on how to do the violence and stuff. So this is going to be—it's like a, kind of a team effort. So it's got—I would say um, 50-50, but lean more towards the realistic, if possible. Again, I don't know how that, <laughs> how this would work, but I mean, the storyline might be worth it. But then again, I'm this—this is just a, my personal one. I want Tarantino to do Blade because I don't think anybody else can do Blade. All
1: right, so let's go to the storyline, Dagan. What's your pitch? And again, try to get get two minutes, especially if I have a question after, okay?
4: Sure, yeah. So this is obviously 15, 20 years later after the events of Kill Bill Volume 2. Uh, BB, a.k.a. uh, Beatrix Kiddo and Bill's daughter, has been training for years uh, under the premise that there will be people that are coming after them uh, because of all the people that she's killed along the way to eventually get her revenge Bill at the end of the last movie. The other interesting thing is that she doesn't know that uh, her mother killed her father. She thinks that her mother has told her that somebody else killed, her, killed Bill. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic to sort of play off there. Plus you have the daughter of... Uh, Vivica A. Fox's character, Nikki, who's seriously out for revenge. I could see her and, as I said, her and um, uh, uh, Maya Hawk having a big battle uh, to the death here. Uh, I could imagine also Uma Thurman's character being killed off. Uh, I don't think that she necessarily would want to have a huge role. That it's definitely going to be more focused on uh, BB's story, uh, the daughter's story. And sort of her... People get... So the revenge role is kind of reversed a little bit. Uh, there's more people going after them. But then you also have this group of assassins led by the new ver- version of Bill, which is Christoph Waltz. All right,
1: so it, it's more like kill the, the daughter of uh, of uh Uma Kerman's character. So it, yeah. it is a kill Bill, but it's reversed. Like the, the backlash of 20 yes. years of accumulation finally it comes to a boiling point that they can attack but from multiple fronts. Right, right. So it, it's more of a survival movie that focuses on the the, the awesome skills that Uma as uh, characters uh, showed her, uh, the daughter, uh, the, along the years. Now, I have a question for exactly. you. Exactly. Quentin Tarantino is a music man. So if there's one song that would lead uh, the whole movie, like the, the the theme song for the movie, which one would it be? To give me a bit of a...
4: Do you, do you mean like a like a cover, like some licensed music that he might use or, or the soundtrack itself? No, no, because the, the, the,
1: the one song he would buy out uh, for rights f- to, to really set the tone of the movie.
4: Sure, sure. Um, I, I I can't think of a particular song off the top of my head that I would genre. use, but I, I'm thinking like hard rock, sort of heavy edge uh, song to sort of really like some really hev- heavy, like, action, something that could be set to an action sequence. Um, because I figured this movie opening with some big action set piece uh, battle between, you know, maybe Maya, Maya Hawk's character and Uma Thurman f- fending off assassins or something like that. So almost like, I know it's been a little bit overused, but something kind of like a Bad Reputation by Joan Jett and the Uh something has got a little sass, but also a he- heavier rock edge to it.
1: I, I would actually, again, this is not my pitch, but the, the first thing that came to mind was bad company from bad company.
4: <clears throat> a bit slower.
1: Okay. Yeah. But it, interesting. All right. So, uh, on to the next. What's your pitch, Andrew?
2: So, as I said, it would be mostly a Scarface type story, but with Al Capone. So, it's from the beginnings in his life of crime to building up to being a, a boss, you know maybe you even cast, um, sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, uh, sh- shoot. The, uh, guy who played Elliot Ness in the untouchables, uh, t- to, uh, oh God, yeah, Um uh, so, so, Costner. Co- anyway. Yeah, I think it was Costner. So you cast Costner in the same role and then he ends up gunning Costner down. And nobody sees it coming. Mm. And then, um, And then he escapes the tax evasion, maybe because he's always paid his taxes. I don't know. Or maybe he just goes on the run. Actually, I think that's better. He goes on the run, flees jurisdiction. And just when you think he's uh, safe and about to build his empire from just outside of Chicago, he gets gunned down by Bonnie and Clyde, played by Harvey Keitel and Uma Thurman. Because that just sounds like something Tarantino would do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, and now almost the same question to you, but th- for me, the movie you're describing sounds a, very much like a soundtrack type of movie. Would you lean more into going, uh, not soundtrack, but like a music score, right? Would you go towards music score or would you go towards uh, the tradition of Tarantino putting in licensed music?
2: I think I'd go more in the Scorsese route where you have that contrasting music to go with the big either action or death set pieces where during the sound, uh, valentine's day massacre you got something completely contrasting as the music piece that makes it seem all peaceful while the you know they're murdering everybody so not quite the full score but definitely contrasting music so not like rock but like you know something maybe old school 50s or or something in that uh, scorsese style
1: all right and uh, what about you charlie
3: okay Hopefully this works. I'm probably gonna lose this one, but anyway. So, John David Washington's blade. He's been uh, he's been doing this stuff a long time. He's been, he's been, uh, he's on the hunt. He's been teaming with Whistler. Like he bumped into him in his teenage years. Like again, sort of how Wesley learned how to st- fight vampires. So Washington's been doing that, and he's. And always keeps thinking, I can't believe my dad left me. So Bla- somehow something made bl- the Snipes blade leave that. So anyway. John Ava Washington's on the hunt for Mobius or Morbius. And while he's there, he, he bumps into snipes and he goes, what are you doing here in a sense? So anyway, and then right when they're about to get Morbius, Loki shows up and, and teleports Mobius out of the way. So Loki's plan is the alternative. Loki wants to take over again. This is, pa- this is past TVA. Loki's like, you know what? I'm tired of losing. I'm doing like, nobody can stop vampires so loki's trying to get a team of vampires or something like that or some superhuman kind of characters vampires so he steals mobius and then he finds out would be like so anyway before that blade is tracking down deacon frost L- loki steals deacon so essentially the uh, blade and and have to team up with his father to take out loki and his team of vampires in a sense and Um, And I think Leo, Leo's over-the-top performance. He'd be doing a lot of ad-libs. Like, he'd probably smash his hand, like, kind of, like, or he'd probably play it off, like, his hand gets cut off. But he's he's in the superhuman, like, kind of character from Blade 1 where he's, like, he's, like, the immortal god. Um, So he's, like, probably monologuing, like, why he's the best or whatever. So anyway, it's essentially... I'll be, in the straight.
1: Chat. I'll be straight, Charlie. It yeah. sounds like a James Wan movie and less of um, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I'm completely not sold at yeah, all. I figured, <laughs> I
3: mean, it's fine. I mean, it, I, killed, I wasn't going to steal like Kill Bill t- 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 3 because that was tempting, but I can't really do that. I, mean, it's just, I just, I personally want Tarantino to do Blade. Again, it's like, because it, I don't want to do Star Trek. Like, I knew I wasn't going to win this one, but I just figured my cast would do it. <laughs> okay and
1: what about you john
0: (laughs) okay so as i mentioned before this movie's called gypsy so basically gypsy's a sexy fortune teller with an attitude and traveling circus but after telling the wrong fortune to the wrong person patch hires dutch to shoot up the traveling circus but they made one mistake gypsy's alive and her abilities are more than just a fortune she knows black magic on the other side of the... Uh, um, and then on top of that, this movie takes place in Mexico. So on the other side of Mexico, you actually have this other uh, this other character that gets introduced. Uh, and that is the fact that you wind up seeing a cold-blooded killer that will kill you if the price is right, but she'll also bang you too. And that is actually Alexa Wolf, played by Emma Stone. And okay. then after that, you wind up having this other pervy priest kind of playing by... Of course, by Brother Lomas. Brother Lomis makes a comment about her ass. She goes, hey, a priest is not supposed to make a comment. Goes, but yeah, but that ass is a blessing. And then <laughs> and then, uh, you also have, like I said before, you actually have Josh Harnett, who's actually Billy Sanders. The reason why these people come together is because they want to actually kill Patch and everything. There's a revenge plot for all these characters. And basically, Josh Hartnett winds up dying, and therefore, there's a revenge plot for Margaret Robbie to go ahead and try and kill Patch for killing her boyfriend.
1: Okay. Uh, this uh, It started off good, but it's a bit shaky at the end because right now, the only thing that, that makes me remind you, it's like almost like a Mexican kill bill, right? Uh, it it kind of feels like that. But I'm curious, though, in what decade does this take place?
0: This is gonna be kind of like the 70s, kind of 80s style kind of action type thing, kind of like a groundhouse kind of feel to it. Um, I would actually have to put in Aerosmith's come together for this. This is like the Mexican version of Suicide Squad in a sense. You have Gypsy who's actually a black, uh, who's into black magic. You actually have a revenge plot. It's kind of like Kill Bill meets Suicide Squad basically.
1: Could you describe me how this movie ends? Who survives? Who dies? What happens that's really important that the, the last moments you will get out of the movie with?
0: So pretty much everyone pretty much dies all except Gypsy. Gypsy's the last one who gets the last word in <laughs> with it. Uh, when we finally get to Patch, she goes, yeah, I might have went on ahead and took out your eye, but now I'm going to go, and then basically I'm just going to go in and take out the other eye. Okay. So... She winds up taking out this snake with her black magic, that she winds up enchanting, and then not only does she bite, bites out, uh, bites his eye out, but it also winds up going where it bites his his balls too. Hmm. So she actually removes his balls from from him. Okay, so
1: that sounds like Tarantino. Yeah, you're going out with a fact—that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll be straight. I have two contestants right now who's who, uh, who's in the lead. Uh, and I want to just have a bit more information before I make my decision. Andrew Dagan. Um, Andrew, this is I wasn't never thinking about a gangster movie, but it sounds like Scorsese. And we know Temptino Scorsese. There's things that can mix in, right? So what is this not gonna feel why is this not gonna feel like a Scorsese movie?
2: The comedic element, especially with Capone, you can make a lot of height jokes, you can make a lot of other insulting humor and because it's the mafia and not some other people that he's been insulting it'll be more okay for him to do those kind of insults in uh, today's society so but it'll definitely be a more comedic version of the mafia movie with the dialogue because it's definitely going to be have some of that fast spitting tarantino dialogue to go with this mafia
1: movie uh, and you, again, what's the underlining message in the movie? What's the, the main message point you would angle this movie about?
4: Uh, that revenge can sometimes consume a person to the point that they betray their own family. Uh, and that to in order to not do that, to forgive one's... Uh, to forgive your family member, even if they've done something so horrible that you want to kill them for it.
1: Interesting. Okay. So uh, for me, the winner is Dagan. I never thought, <laughs> I never thought I'd be sold on a kill bill Volume three, but when I realized it could be a reversal and survival, right, mm-hmm. they're coming after them. It's the, the consequences. It sounds like a good way to end off Tarantino's career. Uh, the, the, the kill bill trilogy, if mm-hmm. done correctly, could be a masterpiece. So yeah, Dagan, congratulations. You win. It's now tied Charlie and Dagan. Uh, will we have a three-way tie or will we actually have a winner? We'll see. Round three, that impossible remake round. Now, at, um, I can see for certain people's faces, this was a hard one. Um, For me, I wanted to choose a movie that you cannot recast, you cannot remake, but they're still going to try. And for me, that movie for t- today would be Die Hard. Uh, you keep exactly the same movie, same storyline. But you recast the movie with a current with current actors uh, and also replace the director. Uh, we're going to start with John. What, how are you going to convince me? What did you choose?
0: I chose John McClane as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. Then I got Jason Stath- Statham as Hans. Then I've got Holly played by Jennifer Aniston. Sergeant Powell play uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Then I've got Kevin Hart playing Argyle.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> How to make even more annoying character? Anyways.
0: And that's the only casting that I have.
1: And, and you, did you see a director?
0: Uh, director, I'm gonna go with uh, Paul Feig.
3: Paul Feig. what do you do again? Right Mates, uh, yeah. The Heat. Um, okay. So that
4: Ghostbusters you- movie that we do not speak yeah. of.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's out <laughs> yet? <laughs> yeah.
4: No, the one with uh, Melissa McCarthy. and uh,
1: uh, yeah. I actually liked it a lot, to be honest. Um, but okay, interesting. Uh, what about you, Charlie?
4: Okay.
3: Um, I had mine set up. If, if it's okay, could I do gender reversal? Yeah. Okay, so I have it opposite. I have Holly being the one that ends up having like the save. Oh the no, end. no, no, no. Oh, it has to be same no. storyline. Okay, never mind. So um if that's the case, I still have this cast. I have John Krasinski as John McClane. Um I got uh Emily Blunt as Holly. Huh, interesting. Um I have Ryan Reynolds as Al Argyle. I just figured that'd be kind of funny. He's the kind of comic relief. I have Jet Li as Takagi. Um hmm. I have Charlize Theron as the villain, Hans. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, Jet Leaves to Takagi. He was the guy that's the the owner of the Nakatomi Plaza. Oh,
1: okay.
3: Yeah. Um, so, Charlize Theron is Hans. Um, I had Carl, like, this set up, like, in the, in the gender reversal. But I had Anna Happily as Carl. Again, because I was going the whole gender reversal. Anyway, I have Denzel and John, David Washington as Agent Johnson and Johnson. Like Special Agent Johnson, like one guy's big Johnson, the other one's little Johnson. Um, I have The Rock as Al Pal. Um, I have uh, Ellis, the guy, the bullshitter, uh, Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> um, uh, I have uh, Anthony Mackie as Theo. Okay. The tech guy, um, Keanu I have is uh, Dwayne Robinson. He's the uh, the guy's like who's the guy in charge. He's the one that shows up before he gets his commando. And I have, uh, and then I was torn off, and I had uh, Joe was as uh, Dick Thornburg, the the, 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 uh, the announcer. But then again, this was all, like, I had to know if I couldn't do gender reversal, but that's who I had cast, because I was going to have Emily Blunt be the one that has to take on her counterparts, Anne Hathaway, get her revenge from Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my cast. What about you, Andrew?
1: Oh, okay, so. I'm sorry,
3: my director is Christopher Nolan. Oh. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: So I figured the only way you're going to be able to remake this movie, even if you was the same story, make it a comedy. So I got, uh, McLean is Paul Rudd. Uh, Gruber is Tim Allen. Uh, the wife character as Tiffany Haddish. Uh, the, now the one, uh, cast member just to throw it, uh, put some schmo down in there. The, uh, the jerk uh coworker guy is Whitney Seibold. um <laughs> got will will Dicky is the limo driver uh Kumel Nanjiani is the police officer that he's on the walkie-talkie with and uh Jamie Foxx as the uh, assistant to hans who's like the the computer uh bad guy hacker yeah. and then uh Shane
4: Black directing
1: okay and what about you Dagan?
4: So I have starring as John McClane, Dave Batista, uh, another uh, wrestler actor there, uh, similar to John's. Um, I have Rebecca Ferguson as Holly, uh, his wife. Okay. I have Daniel Brühl as Hans Gruber. I have Who, Keegan that? Michael. But Daniel Brühl is the actor that's Zemo in uh, in the MCU. Uh, he's been in a bunch of other stuff too, but I it think was that's the the annoying great.
3: kid in Unglorious Bastards. The one that kept pinned on the the uh the, the, oh, the yeah. That person. Yeah.
4: So I have I have him as uh as Hans Gruber. I have Keegan-Michael Key as Argyle and I have Keenan Thompson as Sergeant Al Powell, who I believe is the one that he's on the radio with. So uh, that's that's a current casting I have so far, and this movie will be directed by Edgar Wright.
1: Nice pick on the director. Um, before I ask questions, uh, I actually – this is one thing I wanted to cast myself. Uh, just for the heck of it um i I think it's possible to make a a diehard but you have to bring a what the fuckness that will work and that goes with the main casting of john mcclain i forgot his name i can't research it right now but the snl actor that just played in suicide squad that dies at the beginning
3: pete davidson
1: pete davidson he you know he has the physique he would have that that interesting attitude um and, and that something different, but something that I can feel like a McLean, the sarcastic, why the fuck is this happening to me? You know, type of attitude, but be badass at the same time and have Hans Gruber, um, an actor that, you know, could pull it off because he's very theatrical, even though his race ne- doesn't necessarily fit just a German. And that would be the bad guy from breaking bad. The, the first one that owns the the chicken, um, John Carlos. Yes. I would love to see him as a Hans Gruber, but that's just me. <laughs> Now, going,
2: I mean, I had a whole serious actor list and then I was like, wait, this won't work. Let me just make it a comedy. So, <laughs> what a completely well, different room. <laughs> well,
1: okay, so we're, we're heading like action comedy. Um, could you give me a description a bit of, uh, like how would that translate? Because you don't want to piss off the hardcore, uh, Hard fans and you don't want to be like, eh, to the casual people just see Diehard, the, 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 oh, the Christmas movie, you know. <laughs> um, so like how would you balance that
2: out uh you're asking me yeah. uh so so that's why i made it a comedy actually is because the diehard fans are gonna be pissed off if you try to do it again the same way which is kind of how they did um sorry what's the surfing movie i'm blanking
3: Break. point break yeah
2: you can't remake point break as the same movie And get the diehard fans on board. So what you got to do is you got to take a different take on it. So that's why I chose someone like Shane Black. Um, I would have taken Edgar Wright, actually, uh, but I had him for my Spider-Man. So I didn't want to have the same guy direct. But yeah, somebody who can do an homage to the genre while still doing a comedic version of the same movie. So you're still going to hit all the beats of... You know, ho, 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 now I got a machine gun. Um, The plot beats. uh, And you're not going to go too crazy on uh, the Hans Gruber death scene, like to make it like totally ridiculous. You're still going to have that be a solid uh, death. But in between, you're just going to play up the comedy more about how ridiculous it is. That this main character is gonna take on a whole army of bad guys, and all he is is this cop on his day off who doesn't even have a weapon. So yeah, it's just gonna be more. um, What's that? Breaking the fourth wall in terms of uh, the the
1: action. And and you, Charlie, I'm not sold on your uh, Hans Gruber. Can you sell? Like, why do you envision your Hans Gruber?
3: So, um, I, like, as I envision this, like, as if this was the gender reversal, but, um, I guess maybe, um, maybe J. Krasinski's character, John McClane, even though he's committed to, uh, Emily Blunt, he's kind of a womanizer. So when, he's kind of like a, a bond in the sense that he'll, uh, women are, are his weakness. So Charlie's there is his pride, Hans, in sense, this is kind of the same idea, but Hans knows McClane in some capacity, because it was a hookup in New York or whatever that, and then he just, like, he, they just happened to be, like, hence wrong place at the wrong time. Like the story of like that. So anyway, that's, that, that's how this goes. And all these people were like, just, I just vision it. Cause I think I just, I just, just the chemistry of like Krasinski would play off. Well, if Charlie was staring on the, uh, on the radio and all that good stuff, I just, I was going thinking the gender reversal. So I was just playing on the fly, but I think, mcclain's the womanizer in this one so i changed it up a little bit instead of being the happily married man he's like he's pissed off because emily blunt's doing her career holly is has her career and she kind of like forgets about john in a sense so mcclain's like well screw this i'm gonna fool around and that's so that's how he means meets because uh, charlie saren's character hans isn't known as hans for a while like like she had a different name until she changed it to like because after the relationship with McLean. And then this, like, just they just they have history, and um, and and this kind of changes the whole trajectory of the story a little bit.
1: And, and John, could you sell me on your John McLean because I'm not sure either.
0: Okay, so basically, the John McLean that I have is more your built kind of John McLean. Basically, he's strong. He's got the charm. He's able to uh, hold a conversation with people at the work and be a smartass at the same time. And stuff like that, and also
1: well, to Okay, I have a question for you then. The, the Rock did inferno which kind of felt like a, a skyscraper, a of, sky, or skyscraper. Yeah, sure. It k- kind of felt like a wannabe Die Hard. So, what are you going to do to differentiate that shit thinking movie with Die Hard? this one,
3: same... yeah. You can't give him a prosthetic because already had a prosthetic. <laughs> no, well, this I'm one's not Die Hard prosthetic. on a
0: skyscraper. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, I'm not going to do a prosthetic or anything like that, but to be honest with you, he could probably try and use his charm in a way to try and negotiate with uh, Hans in a sense, but also mm-hmm. to not be... Also, to you remember that scene where you have John McClane and Hans actually meet up on in that scene? Yeah. So basically, you would have The Rock and Hans meet up, but... The Rock is not fully sold that this guy is who he says he is or anything like that and not fully convinced, so The Rock is just bullshitting him the whole time about who he actually is, where he came from, and everything, just shooting the shit back and forth with him, and then that's when you wind up, then once you get that going, then that's when you find out that that's actually Hans, and then The Rock winds up uh, doing his witty comebacks on him and things like that and just being a total smartass to him. All right.
1: and then... Uh them. All right, so I, I pretty much have my winner. Uh, the winner is Andrew. <laughs> nice.
4: I, I mean, it, you, uh, you can't go wrong with that comedy pitch. Yeah. <laughs> At like first,
1: I was completely turned off, but then yeah. I realized what it was saying, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, you, could, yeah, it would work. Uh, it sure. would be the, probably the yeah. only way you could do it. Uh, so yeah. in that case, we have a three-way tie. The one, the way I want to break that tie, if not believe uh, mistaken, is Charlie, Dagan, and uh, Andrew. We're gonna do a two-minute fast elimination round. Uh, I'm going to pitch you a character you have to cast and take around a minute and uh, the first one who's out will go until one person is left. So the first person I want you to cast would be if they would do a its own universe movie about Batgirl. Who would you cast Charlie as Batgirl?
3: You Mm. have a minute
1: to think about if you need or research on INDB. <laughs> I would do Morgan Ruby. Okay, so you're doing an alternate version as uh, Harley Quinn would be Batgirl. Yeah, I would go with that, yeah. Okay. Andrew, you got a minute also to research if needed.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm going to need a couple of minutes here.
1: Dagan, are, are you researching not on your research time? You're researching. Uh, Hands up, sir. Hands up.
2: You know, I'm going to go Abigail Breslin. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> or I think I said the right one, the one from uh, the girl from Zombieland?
4: Yes. The The youngest one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, and
1: what about you, now you can research?
4: Anya Taylor Joy. There's no other answer here. She's like the most sought after actress in Hollywood right now. There's no way in hell she's not going to just absolutely crush it as Batgirl, so... It's Anya Taylor-Joy for the win here, guys. I think we're pulling up Abigail. Well, attempting to put real breslin, But, yeah.
2: No, she's the one that's in the Marvel one, the the ex-mutants. Can I spell her name for me real
0: quick?
4: Oh, Anya Taylor-Joy, yes. She was also in Queen's Game.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm just making sure that she's in that universe, not that
1: universe.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um... I would have to eliminate the asg sorry bro all right it's between charlie and dagan now if you would have to cast if you have to recast bonnie and clyde who would you recast in current in current actors of the same age i will start with you charlie uh, no sorry since i started with you dagan you can start researching you have two minutes
4: Okay, so I can research and pitch at the same time is what you're yes. saying. And and I guess a follow-up question, are we basing this on, like, the actual story, right? We're basing, like, the hey. real-life story of Bonnie and Clyde? Your version. If, if it's you want Bonnie
1: and Clyde, to be two guys. It could be two guys if you want
4: to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. It's just your um, casting. Okay, so for Bonnie, I'm going to go with Karen Gillan. uh another uh excellent sort of up and come i don't know if they call her up and coming actress but yeah she's been on the scene a bit recently and then for clyde uh i am going to go with um let's see do i have a time limit here
1: you got 30 seconds
4: okay i got (laughs) i got 30 seconds um Let's see. I will go with Michael Fassbender. Okay. So it's Michael Fassbender as Clyde and Karen <laughs> Gillen as Fonny.
3: What about you, Charlie? I would do They're they're married in real life. I would do Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Charlie, be, you win.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, you win, bro. Damn it.
3: Back to back
4: winner at the I mean, Brench's game. I, I should have just gone with the easy one, Kaczynski and Emily won, right? I mean, come on, isn't
3: that the I mean, obvious? I just, I, just <laughs> can't. I chose those two because the two of them, they like they bullshit each other because Emily Blunt. I mean uh Blake Lively's the only one that could put up with Ryan Reynolds and they just would banner off each other. But Blake Lively, she's pretty enough to play Bonnie, and Ryan Reynolds is that yeah. so, I mean, they're and they're still young too because I was first thinking of Margaret Roby and Leo from that, but I was like, no, let me go Blake Live and Ryan Reynolds. Those two would just be perfect. Well, you yeah. are the
1: winner of uh, Frenchie's movie mogul first. Edition. All right, well, thank you very much for uh, letting me uh, do the mad scientist on the game. Uh, I actually yeah. had a pretty, uh, pr- a lot of fun doing this.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Time. fun. I realized now I should another real life couple should have gone with Michael Fassbender who I picked for, for Clyde. And Alicia Vikander, his real-life wife. So, again, I think the real-life couples always always win these debates.
2: I would have gone with the real <laughs> – oh, if you're going real-life couples, I would have gone with Colin Hughes. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. Co- no, Colin Jones would not be able to act – he can't even act out of a bag. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Colin Jones, like, his performance in Tom and Jerry is enough for me to say, leave the acting for your wife. Just, just stop. No, just, just, no, just stick John. with
4: Weekend Update. Just stay with Weekend Update. You don't need to do anything else. You already got Scarlett Johansson. Come on, man. No,
1: John, I'm sorry I had to do that. Charlie's head no. is going to be so big now. He's going to be like, I'm the winner of every game.
0: <laughs> Trust me. You should saw on your name in my ass, I, mean, I was, wanted to do it.
3: I mean, I, I thought that person, when John told me we were doing the game, I thought it was going to be the trivia one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I have different games. Yeah. Like I like to yeah, bring different things, but that definitely is gonna come back.
3: Yeah, I know. But it's like I mean, the I, Spider Man. When I was just throwing that one out there, I didn't, I didn't think that one would be that that well. But I just, I just picked up. Oh yeah, Blake White and Ryan Reynolds would be perfect. So.
1: But my my favorite concept of all is really the Kill Bill Volume Three. Yeah, the, the, there's an image in my head. It's. You can do also a comic book version, like not comic book version, but a scene a bit like an anime again, uh, but updated with today's anime. Uh, I don't, there's something so metaphorical. No, I don't know how to say this. It just, it fits so well with the concept. You have the action, you have like the offense. Now you see the defense of Kill Bill, you know, it's, I like it.
4: Yeah. And I think having uh, Maya Hawk in there has sort of the main focus. I, I know that Tarantino has, brought up that, like, it almost feels like that's a, maybe his most likely movie. If he were to do, like, you know, if it's between that and Star Trek and, like, a remake of Reservoir Dogs, I feel like he's going to lean towards maybe uh, finishing that trilogy and going with Kill Bill Volume 3. And he's mentioned that he wants to have Maya Hawk in there as, yeah. as the lead. So, I mean, if you can look it up, like, yeah. Quentin Tarantino in interviews has stated that he, he definitely wants to to do that. Yeah. So I feel like that's maybe his most likely... Yeah, I Kylo just assume Grafton. for
2: volume three, if they did a volume three, it would yeah, be, I read
3: the, that too. Dave. Girl of
2: that, that Uma Thurman killed in the first one that yeah. she says, I come back when you see well, that, that it would go yeah. off of that.
3: I mean, yeah. I, read that, I read that too, that Maya Hawk would, isn't, it would be the, the option to play the, the daughter. Um, Cause I think, I think Tarantino has been once to re- re- remind me the relationship between him and Uma Thurman, right? Cause he yeah. almost killed her on set of kill Bill vine Two. Um, My approach, by the way,
1: over the Quentin Tarantino would have been um, not the actual movie, but have the style of a Starship Trooper, but have like a Quentin Tarantino feel to it.
2: Well, doesn't he he want to do a Star Trek?
1: No, Star Trek uh, Trooper.
4: Starship Troopers. No. Um, Yeah, I know you said Starship
2: Troopers, but I'm just saying I think there's actual in the ether that he had one time done a.
4: there yeah, were talks. We were back he back he back. wanted to use the the newer cast, but have it be set in the original timeline. He didn't understand all the time travel stuff, and it seemed like the project eventually just got shelved because it, it wasn't anything that <laughs> studio was gonna follow through on.
1: All right. Well. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm pretty much done. My end uh, John.
0: Okay. So Andrew, where can everybody follow you at if they want to go ahead and follow you and all that other good stuff?
2: Uh, so my Twitter is a gold's 82. You can find me sometimes writing editorials for the let's get ready network. And uh, I believe I'm going to be on speaking of showdown uh,
4: next week.
0: Okay. And Dagon, where can everybody meet, uh, follow you and every, all that other stuff?
4: Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Dagan That's at D-A-G-A-N-S-B. I also uh, am now part of the let's get ready network crew and me and Corey Cameron do our Schmowdown show every Sundays uh, at five 30 Eastern uh, twitch.tv slash LGR network. And uh, so we just did today's show right before um, I came on and did this show. So definitely go and check that out on Twitch. We also put it up on, on YouTube and it's available on stereo as well. And next week, we got Chandru on, so that's going to be a, a good fun time. Uh, so you can definitely make sure to check that out.
0: Okay. And I just want to thank you both, both of you, for coming onto the show as well and doing this as well, uh, doing this and everything. It was a blast doing it. To, very, doing this very last
1: minute, but Andrew and Dagan, <laughs> yep. like usual, uh, <laughs> th- th- pick up the, the the last minute and bring a good show. So again, thank you, boys, for being a reliable guest
0: source. Thank you. Thanks for having it us. It really does mean thank a lot. You. You're welcome. You guys are always welcome here. I just want to let you know that.
4: Awesome. And, uh, Appreciate it. You're
0: Except very welcome. Me, right? <laughs> Who needs yeah, you're a all person? Hey, you're I'm always fired. welcome, Frenchy. We always miss you around here. I'll tell you that.
1: Well, I have an announcement. I just I just changed jobs from a 9 to 5 Monday to Friday, so you'll be seeing me a lot more. I have time awesome. to breathe in
0: podcasts now. Congratulations. Awesome, man. Congratulations awesome. on that. So, Frenchy, where can everybody follow you at and all that other good stuff?
1: Well, since I'm back on the podcast side of things, uh, you can find me definitely on Schmozo North, my channel. We had Schmodown things. We have Mount Schmodown, which John is on, actually. Uh, we also have Schmodown Night in Canada, but we have other shows like uh, the Square Slice, our wrestling show. Uh, we also have Tackles. Uh, um, Let's talk about. Let's tackle about Star Wars with none other than Gold Leader himself and many other shows. So do not ma- miss that out. And also do not miss. Speaking of SmoDown, Saturdays with my man Jay Wade, Dagan, uh, and ASG. You've been often on it, and I'm sorry if we cause you to take uh, Advils and shit because we scream a lot. But it's very <laughs> fun, very passionate. There's a no lot of controversy, and I love it. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find it.
0: Okay. And you guys, you guys can always go in and follow me at movie lovers 9 on Facebook and on Instagram and as well as on Pinterest underneath that same brand name. Another thing, too, is tomorrow I have A-Town Reviews, and we're going to be reviewing They Live, the John Carpenter movie that came out in 1988. Nice. So we're going to be reviewing that tomorrow at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. I'm
2: all out of bubblegum.
0: So we're going to be reviewing that and kick-ass and time to chew bubble gum. So then also too, uh, you guys can go on ahead, hit the, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. All, and another thing too, we're actually doing this as I teamed up with two Blur Girls podcasts and we're actually doing a charity with St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So if you want to buy yourself a Cincy or anything like that, all the proceeds go over to St. Jude's Hospital. So you guys can go on ahead and do that by following the link below.
1: and. And he's going to be modest, but I'm going to have to say it. He shared recently some picks. He's in a top five indie podcast right now for movies. So his podcast <laughs> is picking me up. You're if nice. you're not subscribed to his audio podcast, do not miss uh, miss a thing. Because he's on multiple platforms and is it, it, reaching the top. So, John, congratulations. You. you worked
0: hard on this. You deserve Thank to be in the top So target. did Charlie, though, too. Charlie also yes. worked on so, it as well. So it's no, just not good. just me.
3: Like somebody, somebody, some new competition's <laughs> coming in there, trying to take our top spot. But as long as I got this belt here, not happening. I guess, you know what? They're still not even there on our level yet, either. No, they haven't even.
0: They're all the way down in probably the hundreds. But anyways, um, but you know, if you guys A lot want of to shade. And- <laughs> yes, watch
3: watch they come up to the top, John. We gotta, put, we gotta keep our A game up. Exactly, man. Exactly. We got this, though. We got
0: this. But you know what, guys? This is what you guys can do for us. Go over to Good Pods. That's where you can actually rate us, give us comments, and also too, it gives us a chance to chat back and forth to everybody too that actually rates our podcast and also rates our episodes. We can actually talk to each other. This is what I like about that over Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast, you just leave a rating and then, or you can go in ahead and write something down, but you don't have that. Uh, whole entire deal where you can actually communicate with somebody else on the other side and say, hey, look, you might be missing some areas in this area. Let me try and help you. Or I didn't like this episode as much, but can you give us some of this? So yes. it gives me a ballpark figure of what we're looking at. Also, to go ahead get your podcast, where you guys get your podcast from. You can also follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit over there. If you're a sponsor or like to sponsor our show, just go ahead and email me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com. And also, to we lost our domain, but don't worry. We're going to be back up and running pretty soon with our domain for our website. But right now, we're at night forward slash Wix. And that's where you can actually follow me at. And that's everywhere they that can find me at night. Always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you guys so much for being on the show as always. And bye-bye.